Are there any overcomers in here? Overcomers. Overcomers. Thank you, Dylan. Uh, we, we were made overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of, the test, of our testimony, right? I know there's some overcomers in here because you've already overcome the cold weather this morning. Made it here. I know there's some people who couldn't do that, right? Couldn't do that. Didn't, didn't have that. And so oh, I know I've got some overcomers in the house. Uh, happy November. Happy November. Show of hands. Who's excited about November? Yeah, there's some. All right. I like that. I'm excited about November. I'm excited about November because the more clothes I wear, the better I look. That's what I've found. And so cold weather, bring it on. Let's go. Let's go. Yes. Yes. Uh, we already got that first snow out of the way, right? Uh, and I've heard, I've heard that, uh, that if it snows in October, then there's not going to be much snow the rest of the winter. It, that's awesome, right? I haven't actually heard that, but, but, I'm, but I'm hoping that somebody has said that. I made that up. I'm hoping somebody said that, and I'm hoping they're right. So fingers crossed, right? Fingers crossed. Uh, maybe, just maybe, uh, we won't have a whole lot of snow, but, uh, but that's all right, because the snow plow runs again for now. So, so we're, uh, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, we're ready if it comes, and because we're ready, it's not coming, and that's good. That's good. Oh, that's good. Um, uh, uh, uh. Thanks to, uh, so, so actually I got, I, I'm inviting you guys, I, I told them we're, we're going to class today, I told the teenagers we're going to class today, so actually y'all are invited to our class, this is actually teen class, uh, um, you're just participating in it because I don't want them to get disappointed that they're not going to class, uh, so, so welcome, welcome to the teen class, y'all can just not act like teenagers today and I'd appreciate that. <sighs> Thanks. Thanks to David Ring, uh, thanks to David Ring, we've been talking in the teen class about our testimony right? We've been talking about our testimony. Three words, right? Three words. What are they, Jackson? I am blessed. That's right. You knew. You knew. I knew you knew. Nah, look at him. He's like, I don't know. Why are you calling my name? Listen, listen, because we're in teen class. That's what we do. We call people out and make them look silly. I am blessed, right? I am blessed. Uh, I asked them. I asked them to, and so, and so they said it, right? They said, I am blessed. But but I wasn't really believing it. I wasn't really believing it. So I had them say it again, and they said it louder. And I wasn't really believing it. It didn't matter how loud they said it, I wasn't buying it. Because you see, when you say those three words, I am blessed, a big smile should creep over your whole face as you think about as you think about all those blessings, a big smile should creep over your face as you think about all the blessings that God has bestowed upon you. And those teens were just repeating what I said, but I could tell by their faces they didn't really believe what they were saying. I am blessed. I am blessed. So it, as, as, as Pastor Steve said, we're in November, right? We're in the month of Thanksgiving. We're in the month where, where we show that we are thankful for the blessings that God has bestowed upon us. A season of Thanksgiving. I asked the teens, I asked them, I said, so, so who here has ever sat around the Thanksgiving table and had to share a blessing that you're thankful for? Who's ever done that? Not a single hand went up. Can you believe that? Not a single hand went up. Man, who's, who in the room? Who's done that? Who's done that? Who's had to do it? Yeah, yeah. And I'm thankful for my dog, Skippy, right? Whatever, whatever you're thankful for, share it, share it. Not a single hand went up. 
We are easily one of the most, if not the most, blessed generations of Americans that has ever lived. Most blessed that's ever lived. Easily. We have so much more than the generations that came before us, but instead of teaching our kids to celebrate and thank God for what we have, we rush out at stupid o'clock the next morning to get the one thing that we don't. Isn't that wild? Isn't that wild? It drives me crazy. I know there's some grandparents in the house, but sometimes grandparents drive me crazy. Maybe it's just my kids' grandparents. Maybe it's just my kids' grandparents. But it drives me crazy when grandparents ask their grandkids to make a Christmas wish list on Thanksgiving Day. Are you kidding me? The day we're supposed to be thankful for everything we have, for all the blessings we have, you're going to ask them to think about all the things they don't have. Are you kidding me? Are you, what are you doing to them? What are you doing to them? It drives me crazy. I'm sure that's just my kids, grandparents. I'm sure none of you would ever have your kids do that. Never would have you do that. That's counterproductive, right? That's counterproductive. Why do we skip over Thanksgiving? Because we do things like that. We made it about food and football. I like food. Look, I like food. And I like football. But listen, that's not what it's about. That's not what it's about. Count your blessings. Instead of thinking about all our own blessings and being grateful, we fixate on the thing the neighbor has that we don't. Man, that's missing it. That's missing it. That is missing it. When I think about my blessings, it's so easy. It is so easy. All I have to do is just look back at that sound booth, at my lovely wife, hiding behind the monitor. <laughs> she is such a tremendous blessing to me in so many ways. So many ways. They say, they say that boys will often marry someone just like their mom. <laughs> no, you didn't. That's what she just said. She did, did you hear her say that? That's only true if the boy is actually like his dad. Instead, I take after my mom, and we're fighters. We're fighters. She's like, she was five foot one in her prime, right? And when you're that short, you're a fighter. We're fighters. I take after my mom. We don't, my mom and I, we don't argue to find the truth. We argue to win, regardless of the truth. Okay? That's what my wife's dealing with. That's what my wife deals with. My wife back there is so patient and tolerant. She's a faithful peacekeeper. And fortunately, she committed to me for life before she knew which parent I took after. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Whew, sometimes you've got to keep those things on the inside until it's too late. Praise the Lord. It's not just her, though. When I look back there, I think of my three amazing kids. There's not a perfect child in that bunch, not a single one. But each and every one of them is amazing in their own way. It's easy. It's easy for me to think of my blessings. And so when they talk about what, you know, to think about your blessings, that's where I go. That's where my mind goes, and that smile creeps up on my face. Oh, man, that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm so blessed. I am so blessed. It's so easy. 
It's so easy. When I testify, I am blessed, these are the blessings that come to mind. But I understand that this may not be the case for everyone. You may be the gen in your relationship, and you're dealing with that Doug all the time. I get it. That smile may not creep up on your face so readily there. I understand. I understand. I don't know what all the blessings are in your life, but I know some of them. That's what we're going to focus on this morning. We're going to talk about some of the blessings in your life. Because when we say, I am blessed, I want us to believe it. I want us to understand, yes, we're blessed. Regardless of your circumstances, regardless of what you're going through, regardless of the things that are happening in your life around you, we are blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed. So we're going to focus on that this morning. And so we're going to read some verses. We're going to, we're going to uh, uh, the, this, this message is focused on, on some verses in, in the fourth chapter of Galatians. So if you want to turn to the fourth chapter of Galatians, we're going to start. Um, we're going to start in the second half of verse 3. In, in, in Galatians chapter 4, uh, uh, starting in the second half of verse 3. And this is what it says. It says, we were slaves to the basic spiritual principles of this world. But when the right time came, God sent his son. Born of a woman, subject to the law, God sent his son to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. There's blessings. That, that those, those few verses are just full of blessings. And so I want to talk about three blessings in those verses this morning. Blessing number one. God sent his son to buy freedom for us who are slaves to the law. Freedom. Freedom's a huge blessing, isn't it? Freedom's a huge blessing. I don't know about you, but I wasn't a very good slave. I wasn't a very good slave. If, if I was a slave to the law, if the law was what I was supposed to follow, I wasn't very good at it. I failed as a slave. I kept screwing up. I am confident that I was never going to earn God's approval through my efforts. We live in a world that glorifies earning. We live in a world that lifts up earning. You've got you've to earn your way. You've got to, through your efforts, through your strength. And that's great. That's awesome. We should. We should do our best. We should always do our best. We should always try our best. We should always work as hard as we possibly can. I get that. But God turned the whole thing around and said, it's not going to be about earning. It's not going to be about earning. You can't earn this. You can't. I couldn't. I'm pretty sure you can't either. Freedom. Freedom that I couldn't earn. God didn't just stop at freedom, though. Paul said that freedom was just a stepping stone because freedom, right? Freedom without restraint is running wild, right? Freedom without restraint is running wild, and so God didn't stop at freedom. What it says is, Paul said he bought, God bought our freedom so that he could adopt us as his very own children. So he could adopt us as his very own children. That's why he bought our freedom. That's why he bought our freedom. Think about this. When we do nice things for people, okay? 
When we bless people, we change their situation, right? When we do nice things for people, we change their situation. And that's great. It's great to help people in the situation that they're in. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. That's a one-time one thing. I did a nice thing. They, they, it helped them out, helped them out of a bind, helped them out of a jam, helped them with whatever it was they were dealing with, helped them out of that situation. That's a great thing. That's awesome. That's awesome. However, when we stay, when it's not a one-time thing, when we stay, when we continue to be available, when we continue to care, we don't change their situation, we change their life. We change their life. When we give them something, when we help them out, when we're charitable, we change the situation. But when we stay and we continue to be available, we change their lives. We change their lives. Adoption. It says that God bought our freedom so that he could adopt us. Adoption is permanent. Adoption is permanent. It's not a one-time gift. It's permanent. Blessing number one is not freedom, though God gave us freedom. Blessing number one is the security that comes from having a loving father for all eternity. Security. I'm safe in that. I'm safe in knowing that God loves me. Not just one time. He didn't just help me out of a bind because my sins were quite a bind. He didn't just help me out of the chains of my, chains of my sin, but he adopted me. That's forever. That's forever. So now I've got security in knowing I've got a heavenly father who loves me for all eternity. That's security. Matthew West, uh, uh, Jen and I went to a Matthew West concert recently. Matthew West sings a song that, that's called The God Who Stays. The God Who Stays. And in the second verse, it says this. It says, I used to hide. Every time I thought I let you down, I always thought I had to earn my way. But I'm learning you don't work that way. No, because somehow you don't see me like I do. Somehow you're still here. You're the God who stays. You're the God who stays. Have you found that people come and people go? Yeah. Yeah. Even the people that mean the most to us won't always be around. People come and people go. And there's some insecurity in that in knowing that they're not going to be there forever. There's some insecurity in that. But God allowed his son to die so that God could adopt us forever. Forever. Forever is security. And that's a huge blessing. Blessing number two. If we start in verse six, it says, And because we are his children... God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. Because we are his children, because he's adopted us, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts that his spirit might dwell in us. As Jesus' time on this earth was coming to an end, he gathered up his disciples and he started talking to them about things that were to come. He started talking to them, to him about, about some of the hard times that were to come. He started talking to him about his departure. I'm going to be leaving you. And all those hardships, and, and unsurprisingly, they were distraught. 
In, uh, in the Gospel of John, chapter 16, verse 5, it says, but Jesus said, he said, but now I am going to him who sent me. He's told him all these things that are going to come, all the hardships, all the challenges are going to be kicked out of the synagogue. They're going to be uh, uh, hated by the religious people. They're going to be persecuted. He told him about all these things that were to come. And he said, he said, but now I am going to him who sent me. None of you asks me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Because unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus said, very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. I guarantee, I guarantee it didn't feel like they're good at that time. Are you kidding me? You're leaving us now? They were dependent upon him for everything. It is for your good that I go away so that I can send the advocate. The Holy Spirit is an amazing blessing to those who allow him to dwell in us. An amazing blessing. I'm blessed. The Bible says he is our helper. It says he is our comforter. It says he does a work of sanctification within us, making us better than we used to be making us better than we could ever be on our own. And it says that he empowers us to do what we are unable to do on our own through the various gifts that he gives us. Empowers us, sanctifies us, comforts us, helps us. What a blessing. But that is not the blessing that's described in the, in, in the verse we just read. Through adoption, we experience security. Through adoption, we experience security. And through the gift of the Holy Spirit, we experience intimacy with God. Intimacy with God is an amazing blessing. Intimacy with the creator of the universe. Jesus describes this intimacy back in chapter 14 of, of, of John uh, when he said this, uh, chapter 14, verse 16, he said, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. Forever. There's that word again. Forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. Through the spirit of adoption, I will not leave you as orphans, but I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. I am in my Father, Jesus said. You are in me, and I am in you. That's intimacy. That's intimacy. That's, that's knowing someone in a way you could never know another person. The God, the creator of the universe, desires to dwell in me, desires to dwell in you. That's intimacy. Paul says, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. 
You know, only three times in the Bible is that, is that phrase, Abba, Father, used. Only three times. The, the, the second and the third are, are by Paul, the Apostle Paul, who wrote this letter. And, and it relates to spiritual adoption. It relates to our adoption by God. The first time it's used is in the Gospel of Mark. The Gospel of Mark, in Mark chapter 14, Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. And when Jesus cried out to his heavenly Father from the Garden of Gethsemane, dealing with all the things that were going to come upon him, dealing with the sin of the world that he was going to take on his shoulders, he cries out to his heavenly Father, and he says, Abba, Father! He says, if there's any other way, then take this cup from me. Don't make me drink this cup. In his most desperate moment, Jesus Christ called out to God the Father, and he called Abba, Father. When the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, we cry out to God, Abba, Father. Why? Because we have that level of intimacy with him. Because we have that level of intimacy with him. Intimacy is a huge blessing. Intimacy with the creator of the universe. That's an incredible blessing. Blessing number two. And blessing number three starts in, in verse seven of that Galatians chapter four, verse seven. Paul writes, now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. God has made you his heir. I've often thought about myself as my parents' child, but I don't often think of myself as their heir, as their heir. That's a whole different thing, right? That's a whole different thing. That's a whole different way of thinking about it. God... The Apostle Paul says, because God adopted you, you're not only his son, you're his heir, the heir of God. In the early 2000s, there was this television show. It was called The Simple Life. And it followed the antics of two young ladies, Paris and Nicole, as they bumbled their way through some ordinary jobs. Paris is Paris Hilton. You might recognize her last name as it shows up on a whole lot of hotels across the country. Paris is my picture of an heiress. Okay? That's the picture in my head of an heiress. Listen, I'm in a different situation than y'all. Because I was born rich. My children, born rich, born rich. My wife, she had to marry me to become rich. So now you know why she tolerates me, right? There's no mountains of money anywhere. I haven't found those. I haven't found those. But still, I've been rich my whole life. I've been rich my whole life. In fact, they call me Mr. Rich. Yeah. 
little different situation. But the Apostle Paul says we're not just God's children, we're his heirs. I've heard a whole lot of preachers quote the psalm where God says, where the psalm that, that says, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Have you heard that? Have you heard him talk about that? That's great, he owns the cattle, but you know what? He owns the hills too. And not just those thousand. He owns all the hills. He owns the hills. He owns the valleys. He owns the rivers. He owns the streams. He owns it all. My God owns it all. He created it all. It's his. It's his. I don't care what that deed says. It's not yours. It's his. He created it all. He owns it all. And I'm his heir. Yeah. 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 And I'm his heir. Do you remember? Do you remember in the Sermon of the Mount, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, where where Jesus told us, He said, "Don't worry." He He told us not to worry. This is what He says in 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 the Book of Matthew, chapter six, verse twenty-five. It says, "Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes?" You skip down to verse 31 and it says, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows you need them. Mm, I'm going to read that again. And your heavenly father knows you need them. The one who owns the hills, the one who owns the valleys, the streams, the rivers, the one who owns everything. He knows you need them. He does. And you're his heir. And you're his heir. Don't worry. Jesus said, don't worry. Can you imagine? Show of hands. Who's ever heard of Paris Hilton? Okay, wow, that's weird. We're pretty into pop culture. Can you imagine Paris Hilton being worried about where her next meal's coming from? No. Why? Because she's an heiress. Because she's an heiress. FYI, you're an heir. You're an heiress. You are too. And my daddy's got way more than her granddaddy. Way more. Way more. She doesn't worry. Neither should you. Neither should you. Neither should I. Jesus is saying, don't you know who you are? I get it. I get it. I've seen God's children in need. We've... We've been there, right? We've been in that place where we're like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where it's coming from. I don't know how we're going to do it. I don't know how we're going to make it work. What we need to realize, though, is that when God's children are in need, that's an opportunity. That's an opportunity. That's an opportunity either for someone else to be blessed by providing for us or an opportunity for God to be lifted up by miraculously taking care of your need. That's an opportunity. It's an opportunity. It is certainly not an opportunity for us to worry because we're heirs and heiresses. And our Abba Father owns it all. And he, not only does he own it all, he knows what we need. He knows what we need. Is there anything he can't do? Is there anything he can't do? 
before Jesus healed him, the disciples asked him, they said, uh, who, who sinned that, uh, that this man was born blind? Was that him or was that his parents? Who sinned? Because the man was in need. And Jesus answered, he said, nobody sinned. Neither, neither. This man was born blind that the works of God might be revealed in him. And then he healed him. And then he healed him. That's awesome, right? That's a miracle. That's exciting. We remember the healing. We remember the healing. But we forget about the lifetime of struggle. That man had a lifetime of struggle. We forget about the lifetime of struggle that made that miracle possible. If he hadn't struggled, there would have been no miracle. There are people in need, but we got to realize that's not something to worry about. That's an opportunity. That's an opportunity for God to get some glory. That's an opportunity, maybe through us, maybe through us meeting that need, maybe through God miraculously meeting that need, but that's an opportunity for God to get some glory, not an opportunity to worry. When, uh, when Jen and I lived in Muncie, our pastor, he always said, whenever, whenever you're reading the scripture and you see a therefore, right? He said, you got to go back and find out what the therefore is there for, right? That's what he said. Whenever you see a therefore, you got to go back and find out what the therefore is there for. So in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24 that we read before, where Jesus said, don't worry, it starts with therefore. So we got to back up to verse 24 and find out what the therefore is there for. Verse 24 says this. Mm. It says, no one can serve two masters. Jesus said, either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. He said, Jesus said, he said, you cannot serve both God and money. And then he said, therefore, don't worry. Don't worry. It sounds to me, it sounds to me like that anxiety in our lives over future provision is quite possibly evidence of a misaligned dependence. You can't serve both God and money. Therefore, take no thought of what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink or what you're going to wear. You can't serve two masters. Therefore, take no thought. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. That anxiety in our lives over future provision is quite possibly evidence of a misaligned dependence. What are we depending on? Who are we depending on? I want to share a story with you. Recently, recently I was approached by some at my work with an offer of promotion. Isn't that good? Mm, that is good. That is good. I love that. Because uh, that means I'm doing something right, right? If, uh, if I've got favor in, in, in the eyes of those that are in authority over me, then that means I'm doing something right. In fact, in fact, God said we would have favor in the eyes of those who have authority over us. And so they offered me a promotion. It's a good promotion. It's a good promotion. There was money. I didn't ask how much money. I didn't, I didn't ask how much money. There was money involved. More money. More money. More money. I'm already rich. Come on. <laughs> preach. You know. You know, born rich. 
It would have definitely meant more money, but it also would have meant more hours and more stress. And so I considered it for a night. And I went back in and I was able to say thanks, but no thanks. Jen's like, I mean, I'm going to be able to retire? I said, I'm going to tell him no. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to tell him no. I don't need to chase after money. I don't need to chase after money if it's going to take me away from the things that I really love. I love my family. And to be honest, I I love what I do at my work. I told them. I told them. I said, "Uh, you guys probably pay me too much for what I do because I enjoy it. Uh, And I don't really need, I do it for less. Someday, someday that may come to fruition. I love what I do, and I certainly love my family, and I don't think more stress would be a positive in my life. This promotion would have taken me away from my family and from the things that I do that I really enjoy. uh, I've purchased a lottery ticket in the past. The, the, The jackpot got stupid, right? Like, a billion dollars or something close, hundreds of millions of dollars. And so I purchased a lottery ticket, two bucks. I think it was two bucks. Okay, yeah, 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 hook me up. Give me one of those. You want to pick the numbers? <laughs> nah, I don't know what numbers to pick. You just go ahead and put some numbers down. Perfect, got me a lottery ticket. This is me, this isn't you, this is me. And it was incredibly unhealthy for me. It was like two days till they drew the numbers, right? For two stupid days, I was fantasizing about what I'd do with that money. (laughs) That is dumb. The odds were not in my favor. And for two stupid days, I was fantasizing about what I'd do with all that money. I don't need to chase money. I don't need to chase money because my father owns everything, and I'm his heir. I don't need to chase after money. God's got me. And that's all I need. God's got me. If God wanted me to have multiplied millions of dollars, it would be no problem for him to get it to me. It'd be no problem. He wouldn't even need me to buy a piece of paper with some stupid numbers that don't mean anything. They don't really draw that, man. That's just all a joke. They're just making that up. They're just taking money. It's a stupid tax. That's what I call that, the stupid tax. The stupider you are, the more you pay in the stupid tax. If God wanted me to have multiplied millions of dollars, it would be no problem for him to get it to me. Listen, I'm rich. I'm rich. Not just because of my name, but I'm rich because my father who loves me owns everything and he has made me an heir. Blessing number three is prosperity. I may not hold it in my hand, but I know who's got it. And he loves me, and he said, I'm his heir. I'm rich. Listen, prosperity. Prosperity is the blessing that allows me to chase after the things of God rather than chasing after the things of the world. I don't have to worry about the things of the world. Jesus said so. Don't worry about them. I just chase after the things of God because he's got it all anyway. If he wants me to have it, I'll have it. 
I'm going to need some help. I'm going to close. The, uh, the king of England, right? They got a king now, not a queen. Uh, no matter what Joe Biden says, they got a king now. God save the queen. A little late for that. Uh, the king of England, King Charles III, has two sons. Two sons. William and Harry are both heirs to the crown. Though Harry's position has moved down a little bit with the births of William's three children. They're both heirs. And while both are heirs, they live drastically different lives. William, the oldest one, the Duke of Cambridge, has embraced his role as an heir to the throne. And he's filled his life with official duties, assisting the king in public and charitable service. I looked it up. What's the job of the Duke of, the, of Cambridge? Because I didn't know. He assists the king in public and charitable service. He, William, and his family represent the monarchy at events and charities throughout the country, as well as serving as ambassadors overseas. His brother Harry, the Duke of Sussex, has abandoned his royal duties. He's abandoned his royal duties in favor of making his own way by publishing a tell-all book about the royals and through all kinds of efforts to promote himself and his wife. In his letter to Col the Colossians, Paul wrote this in Colossians chapter 1. He said, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. Why? Verse 10. So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. William is lifting up the monarch while Harry is cutting it down. Harry is promoting himself while William is promoting the kingdom. You're a child of God, but more than a child, you're an heir. What are you lifting up? Who are you promoting? It's really easy to look at the consumer-driven world around us and see all the things that we don't have. It's easy. They're everywhere. People get paid millions of dollars to entice you to purchase the things you don't have and cannot afford. Man, that's messed up. We see all the people who live a seemingly easier life, a more comfortable life. This book is full of promises from God. But one of the things he never promised us was a comfortable life. I'm sure there are all kinds of things that we don't have. But we probably need to stop looking around. Start looking up. 
The song says, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. I'm blessed. I am blessed. So are you. So are you. We have the security that comes from our adoption by a loving father. Adoption is forever. We have the intimacy that comes with the spirit living, the spirit of God living inside of us. And we have the prosperity that comes from being an heir to the one who owns everything. That's a great blessing. But with great blessing comes great responsibility. If we're going to walk in that blessing, then we need to walk worthy of the one who has blessed us. Only then will God receive the glory To the Colossians, Paul said, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. Bearing fruit in every good work. Only then will God receive the glory and our lives will bear fruit that expands the kingdom. Only then will God receive the glory for the blessings he has bestowed upon us. Let's bow our heads and Let's be thankful, children of the King. Lord God, I thank you for this day because it's a gift from you. It's an opportunity. An opportunity to hear from your word and an opportunity to grow more like you. God, I thank you for everything you've done in our lives. Not that they're without struggle, Lord God, but we trust you in the struggle. We recognize that struggle is an opportunity to trust you more. And so, Lord God, as struggles rise up, so may our faith rise in you. Because we know you've got this. Lord God, I thank you that we don't have to worry. That your love for us is forever. And there is no end to what you hold in your hand. God, I pray this morning that we would put our trust in you, not in the things of the world around us. And that, Lord God, we could walk a life worthy of everything you've poured into our lives. That your kingdom might be expanded. That you might receive glory from the works that we do. Lord, we pray it all. In your son Jesus' name, amen.